You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Phil Funfara, director of G-Beta Beloit, a startup accelerator in southern Wisconsin. Phil, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So G-Beta, tell us, what is G-Beta? So G-Beta is a startup accelerator program for early stage businesses. Um, Unlike a lot of other accelerator programs, it's free. Thanks to our sponsorship from Hendricks Commercial Properties. We don't charge anything, we don't take any equity, but we also don't provide any funding with G-Beta. So it's meant to target a more early stage business um, compared to a lot of other accelerator programs that are targeting later stage companies. So you, you, you don't have to give up any equity and that's, is, that's unique? In, in, in the startup accelerator world? It is. A lot of the later stage programs require equity in exchange for cash, hmm. but there are some other programs around the country that do require some equity equity points just for participation. Well, because GBATE is part of a larger organization, right? Generator out of Milwaukee? Yep, out of the Madison and Milwaukee area. So talk a little bit about uh, Generator. Yeah, so Generator. Don't know what it is. Yeah, Generator, it's uh, an accelerator program that does provide funding. So in the Generator program, it's typically about hundred dollars to $90,000 for 6 to 7% equity. Um, and then it's a three-month program, and it's grown to be a gold-ranked program in the country, which places us somewhere between 9 and 16, um, which being in the Midwest is really unique. All the other top programs are all on the coasts. So building out a top-ranked program in the Midwest is something that we're really proud of. And we created G-Beta as a way to bring that to more cities. Um, Generator currently right now operates in Madison, Milwaukee, and Minnesota. But with G-Beta, we've expanded to more markets with Beloit, Northeast Wisconsin, um, G-Beta MedTech up in Minnesota with Boston Scientific, Detroit, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati. No, yeah. And as soon as you want to take a trip to Cincinnati, I'll go with you. No, but the first time I, um, I ever went up to visit Generator in Milwaukee... Uh, one of the companies they worked with was was basically a wine buying club, right? Yeah, Bright Cellars. Yeah, so um, but the cool thing, so I go up and I'm, I'm hanging out with these people and it's just wine everywhere. You know, that sounds like a lot of I fun. Just thought that, yeah, I'm like, you know, this would be cool just to work here because there's just like wine. And they said, because, yeah, this company was in the same building and they would just bring over extra bottles of wine. I mean, that's great, kind of great. So yeah. how does G-Beta then work with uh, a company in this earlier stage? Yeah, so our program, we work with five companies at a time, which is by design. We consider that our concierge model. By focusing on five companies at a time, we can really cater that experience to their unique needs. And each company that's going through the program receives a little bit of a different experience around that. But it's a two-month program centered around mentorship, team meetings, and connecting these businesses within the local business circles and helping them ultimately raise funding or getting into a top-ranked equity program like Generator or some of our peers. So tell us an example of a company that would go through the G-Beta program. That's a good one. In terms of stage or business model. Whatever one comes to your mind. So there's one that I really like to talk about. It's called uh, Cellular EMT. They're based out of Detroit. But when they started the G-Beta program, they were really early stage revenue. And by going through G-Beta, it helped them refine their business model and ultimately grow to the level where they had the revenue and the traction proven enough to get into Generator. They actually participated in our Minnesota program this summer. So they went through that step process through our two programs. So, so G-Beta is, is a, uh, let's say, kind of that top of the funnel, maybe, for, for identifying companies that are ready to go through the generator, uh, the generator program. 
Yeah, it is. There are there is that goal to ultimately have companies go through G beta and then to generator mm -hmm. um, through a funnel activity. And even above G beta is our G alpha program, which gets into an even earlier stage concept of actually forming companies from pre-idea level, where we take technically enabled students and coders and engineers and developers and give them problems to solve. And we get these problems from our Project North group and some of our corporate partners. And by solving these problems, they then own that IP and those products, and then they have a business that they can go out and scale. And we had that happen this summer, actually, with one of our teams called EasyLean. So they started in June as Blackhawk Technical College students, went through G-Alpha, came up with this product called EasyLean, and now we're taking them through the G-Beta program this fall. So because you have usually more than five companies apply, um, going back to kind of the earlier question, when, you, when you're looking at the various companies and which ones you're going to accept, what are some of the things that say, okay, that tell you oh, this company's ready or this company's not ready? What are some of those criteria? So traction is obviously important with businesses and startups. Companies need to have revenue. They need to have proof that whatever unmet demand they see in the marketplace is has some proof, whether that's downloads, uh, monthly recurring users, or ultimately revenue. One of the big criteria that we look for to at companies is who can we provide the most value to right now? So with these companies, whether that's connections to our corporate partners, helping them with raising money, providing kind of that brokering approach to taking these companies to the venture and angel markets, or which companies can we actually get in at these early stages and really refine their business models, whether that's shifting from a SaaS business to some other type of revenue model, or really getting in at these early stages to make sure that they're successful. So you used uh, a couple different examples there. You've got the cellular EMT and you also have this easy lean thing. Give us an example of a company that's gone through this entire, the, the entire process. They went through G beta, they maybe went through generator and now they're off doing something maybe more, more well known in the marketplace. Cellular EMT would probably be the best example I could give there. Yeah. And what, what is it that they do? <clears throat> so they do on demand screen repair. So they've got a fleet of technicians that are on call under that gig economy approach hmm. to repairing devices. They will go to corporate partners and set up their truck for the day and repair all the screens for a big corporation over a four to six hour, eight hour block. Oh, awesome. And the, these corporate owned devices or anybody who works there wants to go down and pay the fee. It's a mixture of both. So a lot of times these corporations are providing that as a benefit to their employees where, hey, we've got these technicians in the lobby today. If you've got a device, we'll repair it for you. Or if you've got a corporate-owned device, take it downstairs so it can get repaired in the next several hours. Was that the original idea or did they ever shift um, plans? That was really kind of their first model. And okay, then, because I think you've worked with some companies that we know about or, or had some people go through the program where they came in with one idea and then they shifted to another. So uh, take us through like an example of that. Yeah. So one company that had a pivot, uh, one that I'm really excited about in Bloyd is a company called Voice Applications. So they've seen this Alexa and Google Home marketplace really evolving and taking off and trying to find needs for products in that space. 
at the start of their business, they were looking at food delivery and using these devices to help with ordering food and then ultimately fulfilling these orders with deliveries and drivers. Um, and by going through the G-Beta program, we really saw that there this is a feature of an existing model with food delivery. So what we did then is we whiteboarded. We looked and said, what could we use voice technology to solve? What problems are out there that voice technology would directly solve? And we looked at different industries. We looked at different corporations to target as customers where there could be a spend to actually build the business. Because with startups, in a lot of cases, people get so attached to the idea, but forget about the core of you're actually building a business. Somebody has to pay you for the problem that you're solving. So with voice applications, we pivoted to a product called TalkTor, where they use an Alexa device to interface with doctor searching databases. So based on your location, you can find uh, providers around you, you can find chiropractors, dentists, any medical service provider, and then see who's accepting new patients, does it match with your insurance, and then within one minute of voice dialogue with your device, you can book an appointment. Now we just had them on on our on our networking uh, one million cups group called one million cups, yeah. mm-hmm. where they where they presented that concept and and kind of unpacked the the, the idea that talk to her was one element of of their kind of their strategy. So you helped them pivot a, totally away from, uh, I think when I, when I talked to them, it was like pizza delivery, Yeah, you know, yeah. they wanted to order a pizza with your voice. And now they're, now they're booking appointments for physicians. Is that type of experience common? Do you think with, with young companies and entrepreneurs when they've got this concept that they, that they have to, they might see a completely different, uh, opportunity using some core element of their idea. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the biggest benefits of going through an accelerator program and going through that mentoring process, talking to people that have built and helped scale all kinds of companies or are well-regarded business people within these local communities that can say, hey, that's a cool idea, but what problem are you solving? Or where is this revenue actually going to come from? How are you going to grow this business and have enough cash to pay for your employees and all of this? Bezos, uh, I think I've, I've, uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. I, I read an article the other day um, that that one of the signs that he looks for in for in intelligence is the ability to change your mind. It's actually a, kind of a, a, a um, not necessarily a goal, but something that's that's uh, considered normal. That if you had an idea today and then you just changed that and pivoted totally away from it tomorrow and said, no, no, yesterday wasn't very good, uh, because you should be constantly learning and constantly evolving your mindset because the marketplace is is, is changing. And so what you're, I, I guess, what I'm connecting here is then is is you're saying that the quality of a good entrepreneur is to be able to change your mind to be able to pivot to something that the marketplace will actually buy. Absolutely, you have as an entrepreneur, you have to be nimble. So let's talk a little bit about Beloit and the vision for Beloit, because the cities you mentioned G-Beta's in, there's some you know big areas. And when you talk about where tech talent is going, they're going to major urban markets. But you and I have had some, what was it, those drinks we were having at Greenfire? It's like the Rockford Martini or something. I, I, anyway, we, I mean, the Wisconsin uh, old-fashioned is is oh, by far it. the best. And, so, the best. And, and just to give it some scope here, so, so for, for those... <laughs> For those folks who listen to this who are not in this area, Beloit is is what forty minutes, thirty minutes, something twenty like minutes, twenty five, twenty five minutes. Okay, let's say north of of Rockford, uh, right over the state line. Though. 
Okay. Yeah, right, right on the border. Right over state line, but it's in, this, it's in Wisconsin instead of Illinois. So, you know, we, we have... So we partner, but we, we don't partner. But there's secret animosity. <laughs> right. right. Because we're, 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 we're from different states. G-Bay is part of the larger effort to do what? Ultimately to grow our communities and to create wealth within a community from the ground floor up. Mm-hmm. And how do you say, I mean, how can a G-Beta help Beloit compete and keep talent versus Milwaukee, versus Chicago, versus Indianapolis? Ultimately, cost of living is a huge argument. By living in Beloit, you can net more money after your taxes and cost of living than almost any other major metro in the country. So for people who are kind of profit motivated or thinking about their own personal financial statements and balance sheets, living in a small community like this is really a good place to kind of set yourself up to create some wealth. And ultimately, when you're working with a startup company, if you're lucky enough to get some equity or be one of the founding team members that has a good chunk of that piece, if you're in a community like this where you can limit your costs and really invest within your business and make your cash drive outputs, you give yourself a much better fighting chance at building a business that ultimately will be worth a lot of money. So, Phil, you you uh, run the, the G-Beta program out uh, up there in Beloit. How did you find yourself uh, doing that job? Where, where, what's, your, what's your path? What's your journey? Yeah, so my, my entrepreneurial journey started when I was about 15, 16 years old up in Dane County. I was refinishing decks as a teenager during the recession when I couldn't find work. So was I... It, was it wax on, wax off? Like the whole... No, it was no. a pressure wash, old paint off, <laughs> new paint on. <laughs> okay. Well, that destroyed that visual. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. But did that business for five years um, throughout high school and then early on in college. Um, and then after I left the business, I had an internship with an organization called New North up in Northeast Wisconsin. It was a regional economic development agency but for two years, I managed their fast forward program, which was another business accelerator. So coming from having some experience growing and building a business, I worked for two years with entrepreneurs up in Northeast Wisconsin through a similar approach. Um, after I graduated college, I worked for about a year and three or four months at a bank up in the Appleton area as a credit analyst and working with commercial loans and found out pretty quickly that the life of an analyst was not quite for me. I was way more entrepreneurial than analytical and then connected with Generator and had some interviews and winded up moving to Beloit. You ran a 1 million cups in Appleton, right? I did. I helped start the 1 million cups Appleton. You're one of those Wisconsinites. It's going to take, you're not going to leave that state unless you're kicking and screaming, right? If they come, if they came to you tomorrow and said, we'd like you to start Los Angeles, you'd be like, no, I'm good in Beloit. I mean, I've been to Los Angeles. It's a nice community, but I like Wisconsin. It would be it would be hard to get is, me to leave. That state is something else. You, it's hard to get people to leave Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a nice state. Let's, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it is <laughs> it is where everybody in Illinois vacations. That's true. It is the it is the Illinois State it Park. Is, no, it's well, I was gonna say Illinois Golf Course, but <laughs> one or the other. So, so you're you're at the GBA program in Beloit. You you wound up there because you did economic development. Discovered that for your entrepreneurial journey, being an analyst was not your was not your gig, uh, probably held away with all the numbers and the papers. And, and you seem like a pretty personal, personable guy uh, from from all the all the times I've had the opportunity to, to hang with you. Tell tell us about then how do you how do you spend your days and your interactions with these companies in this program? When it comes to my job, every single day is different. 
Some days we are whiteboarding what is our value proposition and really drumming down all those rabbit holes and really coming at it at a multitude of different angles. Because when you're in front of an investor, in front of a customer, you need to be ready to answer those questions and you need to have well-prepared answers. So a lot of my work is attacking all of these points so that when people actually go out and they're in front of customers and investors, they're prepared, they're ready to go. So a big part of my time is spent really just being a mentor and a resource and a bully and also a friend to these companies and these team meetings to make sure that they're ready to go out and actually grow their businesses. I spend time networking and talking to investors, people with wealth in the region that I'm going to be pushing to try and make investments in these companies and where I'm helping get them in on the front end, where hopefully that will provide them a return and ultimately help grow these startups and these entrepreneurs in our region. So a lot of time is spent with the companies. A lot is spent is out networking, trying to help get leads for these companies, whether that's with investors or customers. And a lot of the time is just spent learning, ultimately reading and seeing what other people around the world and the country are doing and trying to bring that back and replicate that here. So in in all of your work with entrepreneurs, do you think everybody uh, can be an entrepreneur or do you think that there are some certain qualities that people don't possess? I would like to say that everybody can be an entrepreneur, but it's a really difficult game and you need to have thick skin in order to make it in a lot of cases because dealing with rejection, if your first customer that you talk to says no and you give up and throw away the towel, you're never going to make it as an entrepreneur. You have to be able to have vision and to see a problem and solve it and to believe in yourself and to have confidence to go out and actually make things happen. Um, I think over time, everybody can be an entrepreneur. I think it takes a right stage and a place of life to be able to take the risk. I mean, rent and real life life expenses are a thing. So being able to have the means to even take the risk to go out and become an entrepreneur is one of the biggest hurdles that people have. Starting my business at 15, 16, I was lucky enough to be under my parents' umbrella where I didn't have a whole lot of life expenses. I had a nice window of time where I could go out and take a risk. And if I failed, well, it was a good summer. Yeah. Learned a lot by doing it. But when it comes to entrepreneurs, I do think deep down everybody can do it if they're willing to put in the work. But if people give up easy, they're not going to make it. So what kind of counsel do you end up or do you see yourself typically giving to uh, to these individuals as they go through this process? A lot of times I have to be a friend and to help build up their confidence and really to get those lines down. So when they're giving their value proposition, if it's not resonating with me in my shoes, I need to make sure that they know that so that when they go out, that they're not missing a shot on goal ultimately. So a big thing that I have to balance is friend, mentor, coach, bully from a lot of different approaches to make sure that they're ready to go out and be successful. So you would tell them this, this kind of wisdom that you're giving them is what then? Comes from a lot of years of doing it and being out there and pitching. I mean, is, that, a, is that tough for you? Because if, I know people listening to the podcast aren't going to see this, unless they see the photo, right? Is you don't, you know, you don't come across as somebody with weathered years of hard bitten experience. Is that is that somewhat of a uh, a hurdle sometimes? It is. I mean, when I'm, I mean, I'm 25. Happy birthday to you this Thank week, you. right? Yep. Thank you. It was on Monday. Um, but yeah, I'll be 50. 
Oh my God, I'm almost twice as old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is that is a, a challenge as a young person, but ultimately it just takes confidence and showing that you can bring value to the table when somebody is giving you those crossed arms and saying, prove yourself to me. Sometimes you just have to prove yourself. And that's part of the challenge with any job, really. And on the flip side, you're working with a lot of people with tech startup ideas, right? And if somebody who's like, 50 or 60 comes up with a tech startup idea they're going to be facing like almost reverse because what do you know about tech it, it came in you know came in when you were in the 40s right yeah and for me i'm not <clears throat> i'm not a coder mm -hmm. i'm not a computer scientist by degree i'm i'm an econ trained guy so i'm not very savvy when it comes to reviewing lines of code but the principles of business really hold true in a lot of cases but i think being open to feedback and positive reception and another person's opinion is extremely important as an entrepreneur and also just as a good person. If you're taking an hour of time with somebody in a team meeting and you're sitting there waiting for them to prove their value to you, what ultimately are you really getting out of that meeting? So if you go in there trying to get something out of somebody like that, you need to go into it with an open mind. So how long have you been the director of the G-Beta program? little over a year now in Beloit. Awesome. So a year into it now, how have you grown from day one? I definitely have a lot more confidence in myself now than I did when I started a year ago. Um, being new to a very difficult job where there's a lot of expectations, you're wearing many different hats between helping coach people, helping recruit, helping build a program, helping build an entire region up. It's a lot of things going on at once. But by getting a year under my belt, I feel so much more confident in my work and what I'm doing and trying to help build a startup and a tech ecosystem here in the state line region. I'm kind of curious about the, the amount of support you're getting. Do you feel like you're well plugged in and everybody in Beloit is rowing <laughs> the same direction? Or is that like bridges you still have to build? I think the, there are definitely some inroads that I still need to make in the region. This area <clears throat> is heavy centered in manufacturing and warehouse and ag. This isn't necessarily Silicon Valley. So there is a lot of roads that I need to make in ways in when it comes to expanding my network personally, but also the G-Beta network and the generator network and the tech network here in the state line region. But for the team that I'm a part of with generator, it's been one of the greatest experiences in my life working with the team that I'm on. Everybody is there to support you. Everybody is there to give feedback and advice and coach you and what your work is and what you're doing. Everybody's there at any moment to bounce ideas off of and to talk strategy with and to help build you up. It's awesome to be a part of a great dynamic team like that. I think we could just, we need to brand it, right? There's only one Silicon Valley. So B-Rock Valley, we, we could just throw out some names here. B-Rock Valley? Yeah, Beloit Rock. B-Rock, Rock River, Bell Rock, Bell Rock Bell, Valley, Bell, Bell Rock, Rock Valley. That rocks. What do you think? Huh? I think that rocks. That, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a dry sense of humor. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, we won't engage you for that. <laughs> I'm a business modeling guy, not a branding guy. <laughs> Well, I, uh, this, is, this has been a, a fun conversation. Our time is almost up for this podcast. I, I wanted to close. I was in the car, I was in the, car the other day uh, with a friend of mine slash 
uh, team 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 member Bailey and I were driving from Madison, and we decided to play a car game. It goes like this: I'm going to snap my fingers three times. On the third time, you're going to say a word. We're all going to say a word, okay? And then we're going to think about how what the, kind of the confluence of our words might be. And then I'm going to snap my fingers three times, and we're all going to say another word that kind of has to do with that other word until we say, and we're going to repeat this, until we say this, the same word. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you totally got me. We're, you're going to we're all going to say a word. At the same time. Yep, at the Could same time. Yeah, and then we're going to think about the words that we said, and we're going to try and think of a word that kind of has to do with the, the, those words. All together. So I'm not just thinking about my words. I'm thinking about yours. You're thinking about all of our all words. Right. And you're like, ah, okay. What what word could I say? We can now go one, two, and then we'll say the word. And then until we've all said the same word at right. the same if time. If this totally bombs, we can edit this out, right? No, it's, there's okay. no way all to right. edit it. Let's do it. Oh, we're right. going to kill it. Ready? Okay. Ed, do you have your word? Yes, sir. Okay. And now it's, it's going to be click, click, word. Okay. Okay. Journal. You said what? Blockchain. He said blockchain. blockchain. I said season. And I said journal. Blockchain, season, journal. Blockchain, season, journal. journal season. Think of a word that has to do with those, and we'll see, and we'll do it again. That has to deal with all three? Yep. <laughs> wow, that's a weird one. Blockchain, blockchain season, season, journal. journal. <laughs> what's the, what's, it sounds like a great magazine, really. <laughs> All right, do you have, a, do you have a word? Four. Do you have a word? Um, no, I don't have... Uh, Think yes. of a word. Think of a word. Okay, you ready? Startup. What? Startup. Crypto. Crypto. Fall. Fall. Startup crypto fall. Oh, no. Startup. Crypto. This crypto... This you I should have said fail left. because you cryptos said, fail. You went season, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, start, this is going to take a while. Startup crypto How fall. How much time you got? <laughs> had a meeting at seven but, <laughs> but we can be late <laughs> start a crypto fall okay we, we need a couple oh, more rounds Lord. of this okay ready yes sir coin ridiculous winter coin coin ridiculous winter <laughs> <laughs> we got to say the same word we gotta say we're the like same word. so much different wavelengths i don't see how this ever works <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> If this works with you. Well, it totally did. Bailey. It's ba- yeah, Bailey and I. We really. You, know, you guys it. live next to each other, next to each other. So, <laughs> wait. A minute. What was the last word? Coin, coin ridiculous. Coin, coin ridiculous. Did you say winter? I said winter. winter. Coin ridiculous winter. Ah, uh, so now I'm thinking about coins. All right. Coin ridiculous winter. Okay. Washington. Washington. Oh, see? Like, all right. So Washington what? Why did you say Washington? Uh, the dollar coins. Yes. That's what I said. All right. It was a ridiculous winter. Yeah. I said car. And he said car. Washington. So now we have Washington car. in a car. ditch with ridiculous winter. Oh, Washington my gosh. Yes. Car. Okay. So we have Washington car. Washington car. Okay. I'm ready. I'm trying to think of history of <laughs> something that could go with that. But... All right. We have Washington car. Okay, I didn't, this isn't going to go well. I'm having a hard time here. You got yours? I do have mine. Oh, man. Okay. I, I don't know. Here we go. Seattle. Seattle. You guys went Seattle. What? Oh. 
Is Washington? Washington like, cars in, in Washington? You ever driven down the roads in like Washington? No. They okay. got cars they're, there. They have cars. I went with limousine because what do all the big execs drive around in Washington, D.C.? Okay, so we have oh. Seattle, Washington. We have Seattle limousine? Seattle limousine. Seattle limousine. Seattle oh. limousine. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I'm ready. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, ready? No, because I'm going to take you guys in the wrong direction. Seattle limousine. Seattle limousine. Who okay. in Seattle will ride in a limousine? All right, I'm ready. Oh, I don't know. I, I got mine. I don't know. Bezos. Company. Oh, my gosh. What'd you do? Bezos. Bezos. I went with Boeing. Boeing? Bezos, Boeing. And company, because I figured Seattle's, Seattle limousine sounds like a company. I, the, only, the only company I can think of in Seattle is Boeing. We're going to spare our Amazon. We're going to spare our listeners. This is what it feels we like to be locked up out. in a we car. In, we went out. For, all right. Just write down a word on the piece of paper and we'll all say it and they will have no idea. We're talking about we'll cut that oh, part now out. Give it. <laughs> We're talking about doing more trade shows. Now I know I got to prepare for car games if I'm writing with Jason. That's right. All right. Well, well, Phil, it's it's always a pleasure uh, talking with you, learning from you. Uh, I'm sure that our listeners have have gathered uh, some piece of some piece of advice here. They've also listened to us play a car game while we are not in a car, which is ironic. Yes, we are in a booth. Thank you for being on the What Works podcast. Thank you so much. The What Works podcast is a production of Thinker Ventures. Learn more at thinkerventures.com. 